Hey everyone, it's Rex. Uh, so just popping in here to say that this episode is going to start a little bit differently than you might be expecting. Um, we had some audio issues and the first nine minutes of our guest's audio was um, lost for some reason. I don't know why. This has never happened before. Uh, so basically what's going to happen is the intro music is going to play and we are going to jump right into the uh, interview of our guest who is Mary and unfortunately you're not going to get to know what our sips or our smacks were um, but that's going to have to be the way it is. If I get this fixed before I can't, uh, <laughs> if I get this fixed I will try and re-upload the episode, but I wanted to get this out because as you can probably tell by the sound of my voice, I am a little sick and I want to get this done. <laughs> so uh, anyway, please enjoy. Um, all right, well, let's jump into talking to Mary because that's what we're here for today. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about sort of um, Mary's background um, coming from, and I don't really know a lot about your background, but I know there was some religious trauma and um, kind of talking about what that was like and, and how it was to come out of that. So I guess, like, first question, like we usually ask, what is people's, what was people's journey to kink? So, I like, how did you... How did you first discover you were kinky and what was that like in the situation that you were in? Yeah, so I have like extreme evangelical background. I, there was this husband I was supposed to marry when I was 18, which like clearly that wow. didn't work out. Yeah, so pretty intense. Um, I'm not sure if, how familiar you are with the quiverful movement and the have as many children as possible so that, the um, you know, you populate the world with little Christians. Um, so pretty intense. That's what the... Duggar yeah, yeah. documentary was, or Duggar, Duggar, I don't know how to pronounce it, but um, yeah, yeah, so that's where I'm familiar with it from. For sure. Yeah, very familiar with all of the people they mentioned. I know some of the people in that documentary, actually. Um, it was wow. a pretty small circle, but I think I always had this kink and it was so independent of all of the things that were always happening to us. And I remember it from such an early age, like being maybe three or four and knowing I was interested, but also knowing that what I was interested in was so different than what like was happening around me. And it was kind of hard to reconcile as I got older, but as a young kid, I actually reconciled it pretty well. I was like, this is different. I'm into it. My, I have spanked all of the dolls in the house and all of my little horse toys spank <laughs> each other at all times. Like I know what I'm about, but I also know I can't talk about it, even though it's a big part of like a common practice in the church that I was raised in, but I, I knew I couldn't talk about it in the way I was interested in it. So I had all this like inmate, like, I have this kink, I have this thing I'm interested in, I can't tell anybody. Um, and it's very different than the things that are, are happening to me and happening to other children. Um, I got as I got older, I had a lot more shame around it. Um, but I joined the scene fairly young, too young, actually, I think coming out of that situation and just getting into a worse one. And then I took a break for a bit. And then I found a defix server and that was actually like my re-entry into the scene. So thank you both for that. Um, oh, that's yeah. still very special to me. Um, and then I met Blink there and I hadn't spanked anyone in a while. That's not true. I hadn't spanked anyone in a specifically Spanko context. I had been in sort mm -hmm. of the general BDSM uh, dungeon life for a little bit. 
and then Blink actually came, flew out to see me, um, and we saw another mutual friend of ours, and sort of fell really naturally into this dynamic. They have a similar background as far as being raised in a more hardline church, so we have a lot of that in common, which is really, really healing, and also it really helps me feel seen and understood that they both understand this kink and this thing that we do and why it's so valuable to us, but also understand the parts of it that still feel complicated. Um, there's a lot of untangling to do for sure. Yeah, that's so fascinating. I'm curious, how did you even find the scene? Like, were you Googling on the internet or, you know, how, how did you discover that this kink was a thing? So <laughs> I, when I was like 12, way too young to be looking at things on the internet, I downloaded a VPN so that I could get around my parents' like internet <laughs> net nanny <laughs> situation. <laughs> And then oh, I was, my. <laughs> yes, no, I was a terrible child to have. Um, and I would Google specifically, I could only watch MM spanking. I like it really squicked me for a long time to see any female participants just because of the traumatic background. So I would just Google that and like in incognito browsers. And it, <laughs> and so I was very aware that people are out here doing that, that there was people interested. And then when I moved from the small rural town and the church and immediately left the church as soon as I was just old enough to move out at 17 and got a, made a FetLife account and joined the scene. Um, I should have waited a few more years because I didn't do it very safely. I was going to say, that's very young. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to find any good top or bottom to play with when you're that young. But it, So I didn't. I just found the bad ones. Um, and then as I got older and was like, oh, actually, this is not a normal way to treat people, <laughs> but you don't really have a good baseline for that when you're raised in the mm -hmm. kind of church that I was. So I took a few steps back. I went to several years of therapy um, and then slowly reentered just going to like dungeon meet and greets and smaller parties like that. And then I was still kind of unfulfilled. I was like, I have this one thing and nobody else here really seems to have this like one thing. They want to do all of the things. And I... I enjoy that too. I enjoy the other kinks. I'll kind of try anything, but spanking is sort of front and center. And I really wanted to find a spot for that. And then I think, I don't know if it was you, Adalia, or if it was Peachy who commented on a fic and sent me a discord link and that was kind of life changing. So yeah, here I am. Oh, awesome. I, I know. I love all of the, uh, like romances and dynamics yeah. that started in our <laughs> discipline fic server. Um, that's very cool. And yeah, I love creating spaces where people can like, you know, meet and talk about these things. Um, it's really fascinating to me that you so young were able to separate what you were into from what you were seeing in the church. Cause that's mm -hmm. always kind of, you know, I mean, I can't come from so far outside of that. Like mm -hmm. I was, you know, not raised religious at all, had like hippie parents, um, you know, <laughs> and um, so that just seems like another crazy, weird, like Alice in Wonderland world, not in a good mm -hmm. way, but you know what I mean? Just like a through the looking glass kind of situation. Um, and, you know, I always wondered, I mean, I would, of course, you know, once I started <laughs> Googling and looking on the internet, I would find CDD blogs and, you know, I mean, to me, it just read like porn, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I didn't have any concept of like the reality of it. And like, you know, were people being coerced into this or not? And I guess I, I did start to wonder too, like, oh, are people 
like are kinky people using this like kinky people in a religious community using this as like sort of like their excuse you know Mm -hmm. for being kinky or is this truly you know non-consensual and I guess like either way it's bad as someone pointed out on a server the other day it's like even if you are using it for kink purposes it's like you're kind of condoning then the abuse part of it Mm -hmm. by not calling it out so I do get that um I think it's very much like I I think both are true I think that so many of the people who they talked about discipline and spanking the way that kinky people do the way that I really recognize as language that we all find like word candy and head spacey and all of those things that we like to say to each other because it's just delicious they say all of those things um in a way that makes me think that it is truly people who have that kink or fetish and have repressed it or are taking it out non-consensually like it's it's a very i i do think that a a, those really hardline communities are full of people who are repressed kinky people or trying to find a justification for having this kink um and it's really saddening and horrifying i think there's such a difference between people who use that in raising their children because it was of their time and people who use this in this very like fetishy way, they talk about it all the time. Uh, James Dobson is an example. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Jillian has. He was uh, he the one that's mentioned in in Shiny Happy People, or that's somebody else that was like. Oh, that's cult uh, Bill Gothard was the leader. Oh, he okay. Was, yeah, yeah. I'm, he, I'm confusing. Yeah, terrible men all around. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that those people who wrote those books, those child-rearing books, in which they describe horrible things so in detail like you can't tell me you think so often about it and don't have a fetish if that makes sense and I mean it totally and I mean and it's bad enough on a non-consenting adult but a Mm -hmm. non-consenting child is I mean obviously yeah it's absolutely horrific yeah um yeah, and I, my partner and I, we, we we watched two episodes of Shiny Happy People, and that was it. We that put mm-hmm. us off our our uh, kink for about a, a good week. <laughs> you know, <'cause laughs> yeah, it's that's just, fair. Um, yeah, it's really really disturbing to hear. It's like you said, the things that we love, our word candy, our stuff. Hearing it from the perspective of someone who was forced into that is mm-hmm. just so disturbing you know, it's just, it's horrible. You know, I, I, we love it, but it's okay. We're consenting adults. Mm -hmm. Um, but that should never be forced on someone of any age, you know? For sure. My partner and I watched that documentary and it was actually incredibly cathartic because this thing that you're raised in that all of them are trying so hard to convince you is right. is the ultimate good and seeing a mainstream force talk about these like horrifying realities for what they are was incredibly validating because you get so much gaslighting that it wasn't that bad or that it was accepted or that it was supposed to happen or it was supposed to be for your good and seeing that sort of brought to light and all of these people name dropped and sort of revealed for who they really are was really cathartic but we definitely did take a little step back from kinking over that uh those couple days because we were like yeah we just we need a minute so mm-hmm. <laughs> very valid yeah I- I think that is very valid. And, and I'm curious too, I know, so you and your partner both coming from this, and I know you said like things do still come up, like, how do you navigate that? Like, how are are there, like, are there triggers for you guys that, that don't, that you just don't do because of things that happened to you early on, or are you able to completely separate it now and, and enjoy that, 
the the word candy and the rituals. I love the word candy and the rituals. I think because I find so much safety in my partner and they find so much safety in me. Most of it does feel really distinct. We do have a few both words, scoldy words we stay away from and implements that are just hard nose for us. Um, so extension cords is one for both of us. And then scolding for disrespect is also just a no for both of us. And our nose sort of align really well in a way that has been easy. I can scold them in almost any other way. We love scolding. I'm a very scoldy, squirmy person and they like to squirm. Um, I say like in a, I'm sure you understand. <laughs> yeah, we get it. <laughs> yeah. We get it. <laughs> but it, it, I'll, I'll scold them for sass, you know, or talking back. And those are really fun and squirmy and they'll sass me on purpose and I'll smack them for being sassy. But we just stay away from the word disrespect because um, we both know our dynamic is founded on mutual respect. But that is just a sort of trigger word that we try to just watch or if one of if it slips in or if someone else uses at a party because it's kind of a common scold I mean respect your your daddy or your top or whatever um and it slips in and we'll check on each other and just and it's usually it's okay like we I find that things I thought were going to be limits like the cane actually I have really enjoyed using with my partner so I think just having a really safe partner has opened me up to a lot of things I thought were going to be limits but there are still a few that are probably just never going to be as fun so I stay away from them that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you, like you said, you left the church. Um, do you have any contact with any family or people that are still in it? Do they know about anything about your lifestyle? Yeah. So I actually have, I still have a close relationship with my family. Um, I think we all sort of got out together. My Some family members, not as much, and they still have more ties to the church than I like, but they have left behind the really hardline stuff of my youth. So I think that many members of my family were manipulated um, in ways that, you know, they should have protected us, but they didn't. But they also should have had someone to help them because it's very cult-like. There are a lot of parents in those churches who get really heavily pressured to engage in these practices, even if they don't want to, and even if their gut is telling them it's not okay. So I, I we do have a, it, of course, it's complicated, but we do still have a relationship. Um, I don't have a relationship or any contact with anybody else from those churches though. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And are your, I mean, I'm assuming you're not out about your kink, but your, your partner is female presenting. Mm-hmm. So like, is that, how does that go over? Is that okay with your family or? We, so I have several siblings um, courtesy of growing up in those kinds of churches and many of us are queer and many of us are spankos. So um I am fully out to my sister. My brother's more or less in different ways. Um, I actually, my sister has a key to my house and she came in to decorate, put streamers up for my birthday a few months ago. And she came into our room, which was her mistake. And we have a, the (laughs) nanny strap is hanging on the wall. And she put a streamer right on top of it. Like, instead of just being polite and being like, you know, like, (laughs) I I didn't notice it. it. She was like, guess what? Guess what I saw? And then I, so I obviously I forced Blink to stand in front of it looking horrified and took a picture and sent it to And she was like, I don't know what you, actually, can we um, take my sister's name out in post? Oh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. So I am fully out to her. She's very much non-judgmental and also is a kinky person herself. We don't talk about details, but we're both like, yeah, I hope I never see you at a party, essentially. So... (laughs) 
wow yeah that's really interesting yeah i I, someday i want to get like a geneticist on here to talk about all that stuff because i just find that so fascinating i'm always like who in my family did i get this from (laughs) yeah (laughs) did Um, you i I actually (laughs) i have a question (laughs) do it um so when you said that you were looking up like on your family computer things that were things that you knew were not supposed to be talked about like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. did you feel like you were a top then or like because I know like in that situation you are supposed to be the submissive person right (laughs) yeah so how does that like so I feel like there's a few things to reconcile Mm -hmm. almost like not only like the spanking kink but also like that you are not submissive yeah well that's a really good question I it's kind of a long answer I always fa- I was fascinated by the idea of spanking somebody else. And I actually did, as a child, spank another child because he asked me to, like, tell him what it was. And I was like, I can show you. And which is so horrible. But I- he wanted me to spank him and I wanted to spank him. And we didn't really understand that we were practicing a kink, but we were just both really fascinated. And so I always knew that I wanted to spank somebody. I was always spanking my dolls. And I also knew that I had to hide that specifically because I was supposed to be submissive. Um, I actually found this old magazine I used to get as a child called The King's Blooming Rose. And it was about being a submissive woman and being a good daughter and being a good wife. And it was really fundamentalist evangelicalism. And I'd thrown out all of them, but I found the one that was still at the bottom of this box was actually on being a submissive partner. And I sent a picture to my partner and my sister. And I was like, I think I internalized the wrong message here because (laughs) (laughs) like it's all of our word candy in that, in that magazine. I think I saved it actually, because it's like why submitting can be so powerful. um, Why? Like, it's just like, it's so vibey and it's so terrible that they would try to get young girls to do this. But I read it and I was like, that's kind of sexy. Um, yeah, like as a BDSM manual, that's great. I love it. It's Um, just, it's just marketed to people that are not into it. So that's that's wrong. Absolutely. My, so my partner actually, uh, did a little Photoshop of that cover for me. So instead of the King's blooming rose, they created one that says the King's blazing rump. And it's the tagline is the importance of a man who submits. And I think it healed a part of my soul (laughs) to see, (laughs) like, I think the most like, fundamental part of deconstructing for me was taking all of this restrictive ideology that was forced on me and perverting the hell out of it in a really safe queer relationship and it's been like the most powerful part of deconstructing is taking all of those things and just making them sexy and making them fun and taking out the high stakes hell and damnation nonsense and just really having fun doing power exchange the way we want to um so yeah I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. I mean, my partner and I, we, we love perverting the patriarchy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I know like it could look really bad, you know, (laughs) to the outside, but again, we're doing it in a fun, safe environment, you know, with two consenting adults. And so, yeah, we do housewife training and it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. It absolutely is. My partner will bring me breakfast, like, They'll go downstairs and cook and I'll be up at my desk working and they'll bring it in. And it's very 1950s housewife, but it's so sexy and fun because it's us and because we love it. And we, we both yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. It's very powerful yeah. to just like choose your dynamic yourself outside of any of those norms or conventions and make it the sexy, fun thing that you want it to be. 
for sure. And I always tell my partner, like, I'm like, the only person I could possibly do this with is somebody who I know is like, so feminist, so Mm -hmm. out there. So, you know, promoting it, as he always says, for every other um, woman, female presenting person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just the one exception. I just I I do have to, you know, be submissive and uh, be the little 50s housewife, because that's what we find kinky. So Mm It's all good. For sure. But yeah, if, if I was with somebody who had any droplet of those actual beliefs, I wouldn't be able to do mm-hmm. it, you know? For sure. Yeah, it wouldn't feel safe. If they, if they right. think that's the role you're just supposed to have, it would no longer be safe or fun. But because it's this role that you get to choose and slip into and feels really fun and warm and safe and stable and all of those things, like because you choose it, because you make it what it is, like that's why it's sexy and fun. Yeah, I love that. Um, along the lines of like realizing you were a top when you were younger, like how how did your like what was your perception of gender? Like, do how, did you always kind of like pull away from the typical female role, or did you lean into it and then lean out of it? And like, what 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 is your gender experience been? Oh, that's such a good question too. I I think it's both hard to be, it's a hard to be a female top because there are not very many of us in this community, right? Like you're really in high demand. Oh, you're you're so wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's also a lot of entitlement from male bottoms that I find you kind of don't escape the entitlement no matter what you're doing. Like they might be begging you to humiliate them and control them, but they are still crossing your boundaries and being entitled about it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Which is amazing. Men really be doing the most. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and of course there's some really lovely men in the scene i i actually find that i find male tops i get along with them much better than male bottoms i have way less entitlement from them and i'm sure um and obviously there's entitlement or you know gender issues and equality in any space that you go to because that's the world um but finding my footing as a female top was tricky because there's not a lot of people to look to and there's not a lot mm-hmm. of there's a lot to overcome too of the like i am supposed to be a nice quiet housewife and a nice girl and a good all of these things and I am a loud abrasive human I was a marine I teach martial arts I like to scold people and spank them and so reconciling (laughs) all of that (laughs) yeah (laughs) with like traditional femininity is hard but I also incredibly femme presenting I wear dresses and I'm very short and I have long hair and so people make assumptions and then sort of spend a lot of time like I, almost a little bit like they're treading water trying to figure out who I am because I present so femme and then I am I have a lot of like traditionally masculine uh, character traits I think I don't know it, it is definitely a tricky balance and coming out of really fundamentalist rigid restrictions of what I could be um, definitely played a part it has been a complicated gender ride I am not fully <laughs> finished with it I don't think <laughs> Yeah, but that's cool. And that's cool that you like that you do embrace certain traditional feminine, you know, things and then also, you know, more traditional masculine things. Mm -hmm. And you feel comfortable with both. Yeah, I feel like like Barbie. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Yes, this Barbie's job is spank. (laughs) Spanko Barbie. (laughs) You had mentioned, I think, in a, a server about like doing a Barbie's dream house, like style yes. role play and I've been thinking about it ever since because I want to dress my partner up in all the cute little outfits and spank them in all of them that's amazing 
Thanks for that. Yes. I'm, I have to make it happen. You're, you're so welcome. <laughs> I, I mean, I love to me, every outfit is like, I want to be spanked in it. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, that. yeah, that's what it's about. Um, I feel like I had something else to ask you, but now I forgot. Oh, I know. I was going to say, how, how involved are you and your partner in community now? We have a really cool little group of Spankos. I haven't actually done a lot regionally, but from the Defix server, there's a solid group of us who meet up and have small parties, which has been really fun. And we're actually going to a dungeon tonight to do a meet and greet with local people. So we're fairly involved, um, both online. They're in a lot of like different servers for smacks and age play. And I am not online enough to keep up with the online community quite as much, but I have, I try to just sort of be active in KOL when I can. And obviously your server for this podcast is lovely. This is my plug. If you have not yet joined the server and you're listening to join the Patreon (laughs) on the server, because it's so fun. Um, Thank you. Yes. So I'm trying to do a little bit more in person. It, It helps with just like, I don't know. I feel less alone meeting more Spankos and it's nice to feel part of that larger community and know that like all of these other people also like Googled spanking when they were 10 and looked it up in the dictionary too many times. Like it, it feels yep. really <laughs> yeah, validating. I was talking to somebody at a party uh, this past weekend who was like, I'm going to make a t-shirt that says uh, I looked it up in the dictionary and that can be like our little <laughs> secret. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> cute. <laughs> That's the perfect, because, like, if you know, you know, kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know. Cause there's no, we don't have like a, you know, secret handshake or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Did you have anything else, Rex? I, uh, I don't think so. You've been chitty for a while. Okay. Can I just say that like the most, like talk about the most important part of deconstruction for me just for a second? Cause I feel yeah, like that's of course. Absolutely. Okay. I, I think that bringing joy and silliness and fun into it has been the most healing part and the best part of deconstructing that religious trauma. And just like, it's actually not the end of the world. It's not high stakes. No one here is going to be angry at you. No one here is going to punish you in a way you didn't consent to and decide on yourself. So there's like a lot of power and a lot of healing And we can have these like really silly scenes where we get to do this thing that we do and this thing that's so important to both of us. Um, But we can do, we can do role plays. We can, I can spank them for, uh, we have this really unhinged little gnome decoration that um, was given to us by a family member. And it's a spankable offense if the gnome gets moved. So they can signal the scene by putting the gnome in terrible positions with a different stuff ammo, or it can be waiting in the cabinet for me when I go and get my tea or whatever it is. And it's just so silly. Like it's unhinged. There's no reason to spank somebody over in a little garden gnome, but because we've decided on this particular silly arbitrary rule, they can signal a really silly scene where I scold them for making their gnome, you know, get stuck in the closet or he isn't supposed to be in the bathroom by himself. You know that like that kind of thing. So bringing that back and bringing this like childlike joy and wonder back is incredibly healing when both of us were sort of robbed of that a little bit as children and getting to have this really playful, goofy aspect of it has been incredible. And if you are new to exploring this kink, I recommend starting silly. Just dive in that way. That is really good advice. And it's interesting because we had our friend Maura on the podcast who also Mm -hmm 
you know, came from a, a very strict religious background. And for her and her partner, they don't like to practice what we would call real discipline. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you listened to that episode, but she talked about her, how her partner is not allowed to buy new books because they have so <laughs> yeah. many books. And that, so, you know, of course, uh, her partner will mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. buy a book. And that's, a, you know, a signal um, that she wants a scene. Um, so, and I'm curious, do you do, like, do you feel like all of your discipline falls into that more silly space or do you do, are you able now to do more serious DD, if you could call it that? Yeah, I, I really love that episode. I resonated with a lot of what she said because with the similar background, I, we definitely yeah. do more serious scenes and I like that too. We have only really a handful of rules and I think it feels safe because we both check in as often as we do. So they always check in that breaking this rule is something that I am still green for and I am okay with. Um, and I can also communicate, you know, like I, I don't think that I can give you a more intense scene tonight, um, but I will follow up on this rule. And so we have a lot of really open communication and that has made it possible um, and felt safe to do more of those intense scenes. Um, sometimes they want a more intense spanking but don't want to break a rule. And then we'll do something that's a little bit more along the lines of like what, what Maura was talking about with her partner of signaling a more intense scene with a rule that is, mm-hmm. you know, sort of all the rules are safe to break, but in you're supposed to break that one to signal a scene we do um, some school role plays together. They have a little uniform and they made a little um, logo for this Paddlebrook Academy is the name of it. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we've done like, school supply shopping lists that include ginger and a wooden spoon and an ivory soap or whatever. And, and they'll come to my office with a note that they've done something naughty or they had a report card recently and they got a D in um, manners and an F in the history of discipline. So we had to discuss that. So we do more like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we do more like intense (laughs) scenes where we're role-playing because sometimes that is a little bit easier to get into that headspace but then we have a handful of like really core rules around like just safety and going to bed and those can they can get spanked for those cool i, th- I think i need to um enroll in this power <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll have to let me know if they're accepting students this year <laughs> they will absolutely make you a report card if you would like <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun um well before we wrap up we definitely should ask you if you have anything to plug and i think you probably do because you mentioned earlier (laughs) that you and your partner make some stuff we do so we have a little etsy called leather and leisure and i make aftercare soaps and lotions and they make whips which is really funny that that's kind of how we split up the activities Um, but yes, we're, we're on Etsy and we also uh, designed a little role play card game um, and a submissive planner and a few other things. But I put together a really cursed, unhinged little role play game that is reasons to get spanked. So there's roles and scenarios and implements and you just draw a card and act out a little scene with your partner or friend or whatever that is. We've, we've played it at parties before and it's sort of developed over the last couple months. So, yes, I can send you guys the link. Um, but Leather and Leisure is our little shop. We like making sure everyone also gets spanked. I think that's why yeah. they make those implements, honestly. They're like, somebody else has to experience this. I know in our server, we're always careful to, yeah, make sure that we 
all realize we're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And do we have, what else do we have, Rex? <laughs> I don't know. I would like, I just got like seven text messages so that there was too much happening. <laughs> oh no. I know. I know. Um, okay. I know. I know what we have. We have an email. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, Titsismax.com. That yeah. That's what I always say, but it's actually <laughs> gmail.com, everybody. It's just that I'm usually a little tipsy by the end of the show. Um, and Instagram, Titsismax. Um and Rex. Oh, and then we have a Patreon. And that's how you join the Discord server that Mary was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you join our Patreon, the lowest one is a dollar a month. That was the lowest I could make it. <laughs> uh, and you should be able to get access to that server. And we would love to see you there. Come hang with us and talk about all this fun stuff. Yeah, I'm so not weird there. <laughs> <laughs> come see rex's weirdness yeah (laughs) up close and personal yep (laughs) and some butt pics um yeah and until next time behave yourselves and we'll try to but we won't